Good morning, everybody. Sitting where Aaron sits, our faith gives us a chance to grow as we engage the body and be in the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. Thank you all for stepping up. I'm sure you've got some fishing stories this week you'd like to talk about. And we're in our brief series entitled Go Fish. It has to do with the disciples' relationship with this world. There's a major shift in the heart when you begin to ache for the lost, to believe that people matter to God, that the lost matter to God, that they're worth searching for and pursuing, they're worth celebrating. The mindset of a fisher of men, the mindset of a follower of Jesus is to love. I know people who walk and run and bike to get exercise. I know people who bike and run and hike to exercise to engage with people. They uh, walk at the same time in their neighborhoods, going on the same path to see other people. They uh, wish, don't you wish, that people were out more. They um, realize that people in their neighborhood aren't home much, but they're always seeking to have the conversation. Fishers of men are looking for open doors. Uh, One of our men was telling me this week that he met a man in a store, and the man downloaded what was happening in his life. And the man said, can I pray for you? And the man said, sure. And he said, can I pray for you right now? And the man said, I've never turned down a prayer. You know, prayer releases the power of God. Where there's no prayer, there's no power. And where there's some prayer, there's some power. But when there's much prayer, there's much power. When you're walking your neighborhood, begin to get to know the names of your neighbors who live beside you. If I were to quiz you this morning, would you know the name of your neighbor on either side? Would you know the names of your neighbors five houses down? Probably not. In my neighborhood, there is a very beautiful garden with flowers and a waterfall. And behind the garden is a story. The story is that the neighbor's child four years ago died in a car crash. And they tend to the garden almost every day. And every time I walk by them, I saw this this morning, I'll say to them, such a beautiful garden. And this last uh, Memorial Day for their son's passing, we gave them a flower that's been put into the garden. You see, behind every neighbor is a story, and their story is worth listening to and hearing. And if you're walking in the Spirit and walking through your neighborhood with an attitude of prayer for God to open doors, amazing things will start happening to you. One neighbor of mine has become a Jesus follower. I mean, they used to put up outside of their house, I'm not kidding now, police tape saying, stay out. Their son had gotten involved with drugs. They didn't know what to do, so they kind of cut themselves off from civilization and became isolated. But over the course of the last few months, their son has become a Jesus follower. And there is this warm reception, like, come on in, Pastor R., like waving, you know, from the tractor, kind of an open door to come on over. One friend of mine this week, he was um, just a brand-new believer, Jesus follower, and, um, you know, the microburst micro that happened, the little mini tornado that came? A soccer goal in my backyard got launched and uh, rammed into the car. Well, in his neighborhood, 
one of the trees fell into a neighbor's house. So he felt as if he should take the day off, and he was walking, and the neighbor had his chainsaw kind of taking this tree down off the house. And he asked this question, you know, Lord, what is my assignment? How can I show love to my neighbor? How can I bless somebody today? You know, if you'll walk in that spirit of, I have been blessed, whom can I bless? I have been loved, who can I love? God has shown his grace to me. How can I show his grace to somebody? He was walking with that attitude. And the neighbor said, sure, you can help. And so for the next two hours, he actually, you know, got a chainsaw out and was taking down that tree off the neighbor's house. They worked side by side together. And he said, you know, the next day I was pretty sore. But the most amazing thing happened that night. My neighbor invited me over for dinner. My wife and kids came over, and we actually spent the evening together. I didn't even know my neighbor's name, and now we were becoming friends, which is another way to connect, to invite people over for dinner. A neighbor of mine invited me over for dinner last night, couldn't come. But it's a beautiful thing when you invite people over or get invited over, which is where we left off last week. Jesus, in Luke chapter 15, we're going back to Luke 15, Jesus was hanging out with the tax collectors and sinners. You could say that Jesus was doing some fishing. He was teaching his disciples how to fish. But the most religious ones, the Pharisees, muttered and complained and said, this man, Jesus, welcomes sinners and eats with them. The point is that Jesus hung out with people. Jesus deliberately spent time with people. Jesus broke bread with people. Breaking bread is a sign of the kingdom. It's a sign of friendship. Where would Jesus be if he were living in our city? Who would Jesus be hanging out with? You see, everybody needs compassion. And here's what I want you to hear. Jesus was very intentional about fishing. He was deliberately creating these relationship environments wherein he could be friends with people. So that his disciples, when he went to be with his father, would know how to reproduce their lives. So this sermon is really about a heart change. It's the story of the prodigal son. The story I'm about to tell you, you will find yourself in. And I want you to find yourself in this story. So a question you want to be asking yourself as we go through is, where am I in this story? What person do I identify with? This story is so famous that Rembrandt um, painted this in one of his portraits, the story of the prodigal son. It's a story with deep truth that will show you something about yourself. It will also show you something about the heart of God. The story has been called the parable of the lost son, the prodigal son. Some call it the parable of the father's heart. Ironically, the word prodigal does not appear in the story. But the word prodigal means to drive away or to spend recklessly, to spend wastefully. We all know the story of various prodigals that grew up in the church, who went off to college, who didn't go off to college, 
and made a disaster of their life. And that's probably a good word if you're going off to college. Don't become the prodigal at college. Or the story of the girl who grew up in church and she became pregnant at 16. Or the guy who grew up in the church with so much promise and potential and kind of grew up angry, kind of creating distance, and tried um, different things and got into drugs and picked up an addiction, started hanging out with the wrong people, and found themselves far, far from God. So let me ask you a question. This is from an article I was reading this week that Pastor Scott sent me. Were the prodigal to return, what kind of reception would they receive from us? What kind of reception would that prodigal receive from us in this body? You know, the prodigal will need a smoke between the worship set and the sermon. This one guy I'm discipling, we can't spend an hour together without him having a smoke. He'll say, Pastor R, I need a smoke. And so he'll take a smoke. A prodigal, if you look on their Facebook account, they'll post what they've been up to. The prodigal may definitely have some tattoos. Another young man I'm working with right now, he has one of those bad boy tattoos, you know, the story behind the tattoo. And he's trying to wipe it off his body or make something beautiful out of it. A prodigal will have a certain kind of mindset. Now, you know me pretty well, right? So would you think that I would like screamo music? This guy I'm working with, okay, he wrote some music, and the only uh, genre of music I could describe it as is screamo, where he's yelling about different things he's angry about. But for me, it, listening to his music became a window to his soul. Will we stay away from the prodigals until they get their life back together again, until he stops smoking, until he gets rid of his tattoos? until he stops using, until he gets rid of that no good girlfriend or no good boyfriend? Will we talk about the prodigal behind their back? Will we use the prodigal as an example to our kids of what happens when you stray? I mean, these are deep heart issues. Is there any room for a prodigal here? Is this a safe place for a prodigal to come to? Will they find grace from us? Will we laugh with them? Will we invite them over for dinner? I know of a man who is a Muslim, and he lived his life in a Muslim country, and he suffered an injury, and he was left by himself bleeding. And the Christians came to him and said, we'll take care of you, we'll love you. And they bandaged the man up, and they took him to a hospital. And there in the hospital, the Good Samaritan Hospital, there was a Christian physician, and he attended the man for several days, healing him up and loving on him. And he said to the man, would you be willing to come to my house for dinner? Now bear in mind, this man was a Muslim, living in a Muslim country, and the physician was a Christian, inviting this man into his house. How much love in our hearts do we have for the prodigal? You see, the story begins with Luke chapter 15, verse 11, a man, a father, and his two sons. Now, when we talk about a father, for some of you that conjures up a beautiful memory, a father who was safe and warm and healthy. Some of you loved your dads and 